perfect they were? Remember? Was there ever a better time? Ever. All right? So that's what God sees. That perfection every time he sees us. He does. That's all he sees. You know, if we have the chance to go back, you know what? There's things that come into our lives. There's things that come at us. There's struggles that we have. But, you know, the thing about that is if we go back and we confess those things that we struggle with, if we just confess them, he is, even if we don't confess them, he's still sitting there with open arms. But if we confess them, if we confess to him, he just sits there and he says, come talk to me. Let's take care of this. It's wiped away. It's white as snow. You're still my child. You're still the way I want you to be. Okay? You're still, it's, it's just an amazing piece that you can go. Angela and I came to this church. We actually came to the other church before it became this church. Um, we were in a marriage group. Um, that marriage group was probably what kept us at the church we were at um, and brought us here. That marriage group had some profound things that went on in it. But there was one individual, his name was Darren Goud. He actually said something, and many of you have probably heard me say this, but he said, isn't it amazing that our struggles that we have continue to pop up? He said, do you know why? Me personally, I didn't know why, but I do understand, sorry, I do understand those struggles pop up so that we can actually put them on Jesus, so that we can actually go back to him. They keep on popping up and up and up because he wants us to get it right. He wants us to be able to come back to him as children, as those perfect kids, and say, you know what, I did wrong. Help me through it. Because every time that those struggles come up, all of a sudden, if we do what we should be doing, we go back to him as that child and say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Dad. Forgive me. And then the next time, hopefully it comes back to us and we get to sit there and have him help us through that the next time so that we can turn away from it. And then it's no longer a struggle because he's taking care of it. We've laid it at his feet and we've let him actually take care of that problem that we as humans so often say, oh, I got to handle this. I have to handle it. I really have to handle it. You know what? He's there as our father just to say, I'm, I'll handle this for you. I'll handle it. Lay it at my feet. So uh, I kind of went off topic there a little bit, but at the same time, I don't think I did because it's, um, it's really all about making sure of where and how he sees us. Because if we don't, if we don't see ourselves the way he sees us, we're limiting. We're really limiting what we can be as people, as, as God's children, when it comes down to it. Um, I wrote something down to it. I wrote something down, and, and honestly, it kind of comes out of First Peter 1.15. If you want to pop it up there, you can. It says, preparing our minds for action and work on being holy in all we do. Okay, that's what I wrote down, and that's kind of what I got out of it. But as you are called, 
as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in your conduct. So everything you do, be holy in it. So I wrote down a couple of thoughts in that, and it says, um, our real goal, our true goal in life needs to be our, to find our identity in Jesus. It's the only thing we need to do. If we do that, if we find our identity in, in our Father, in Jesus, everything kind of takes care of itself. So it's not about looking perfect. It's not about how much money we make. And one of the reasons that I kind of, I, I truly feel that it's not anything about that is because everything that we do like that can, this might sound strange, but it can all fit in a box. All right? And anything that can fit in a box, especially when it comes to Jesus, that's limiting what he can do in our lives. If it can go in a box, we're just limiting it. Here it is. Close it up. That's how much can go in it. God's got so much more, so much more abundantly to give us. And our how we see ourselves, how we actually view um, if we can view ourselves as God, if we get, as God views us, we can't get stopped. There's no boundaries to what we can do. None. If we set our mind to it and we set it with, with Jesus, there's nothing that we can't do. So I just want you to, I just kind of want you to think about that. Just, just um, have it in your minds that if you're, if you're letting, if you're letting what other people kind of think about you be um, what drives you, if you're letting anything like that um, hold you back, make you feel less self-worth, it's just a, it's just a place that you got to call on Jesus. You got to call on God to say, you know what? I know how you see me. Let me sit on your lap. Let me sit on your lap and talk to you about this. Let me be that child that um, I want you or, or that you want me to be. It's not what we want to be. It's what he wants us to be. He wants, to, wants us to be like kids. He wants us to sit on, on, our, on his lap and talk to him about everything. So um, another thing that kind of came, came um, into my mind was sometimes we just need to get out of the way. We were washed. We have our sins washed away. There's a lot of things that pop up from our past that the devil wants to just hold us down with. Um, when we're sitting on his lap, when we are when we are letting him actually um, take the reins and do the work for us, uh, it's unstoppable there again. You know, I don't understand sometimes why we get in the why we get in the way, why we think we have to do it all. I know that I'm bad about it. I'm really bad about it. I mean, I want to do it. You know, you know, I want to do it. I want to get it done right now. Maybe it doesn't need to be done right now. Maybe whatever that mountain is that you got to climb doesn't need to be climbed in a day. So um, that just kind of, that, that's just another one that kind of crossed through my mind. Um, so it kind of goes back to the fact that if we 
the experiences that God has in store for us, if we trust him, if we see ourselves as he sees us, those things are truly unimaginable. I want you to think about that first verse that I gave you, which was 1 Peter 1, 3, and 4. Really, the last part of that, and in my version is the NIV, it says, In his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven. That is an amazing, amazing thing when you really go back and you look at Romans 8.17 again, and it says, if we are children, or if we are God's children, we are heirs, heirs of God, co-heirs in Christ. If we get to be co-heirs in Christ, if we're co-heirs like Jesus was, or Jesus is, how does he see us? He can't see us as anything but perfect because Jesus was perfect in every way. So just, uh, just keep that in your mind. Don't, don't let the world determine how you see yourself because God created you in his image and you are perfect, okay? Yeah, I want you to hand them out and I want you to... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give me one of them. While I was going through this this week, um, Angela actually came across a daily devotion, and it's called Jesus Calling. I'm just going to give you all one so you've got it. Um, if you don't have any struggles with not seeing yourself as perfect, that is awesome. If you feel like you're perfect, that's perfect because that's how Jesus or God sees you. But in this, and I'm just going to read it, it says, Beware of seeing yourself through other people's eyes. There are several dangers to this practice. First of all, it is nearly impossible to discern what others actually think of you. Moreover, their views of you are variable, subject to each viewer's spiritual, emotional, and physical condition. The major problem with letting others define you is that it borders on idolatry. You concern, your concern to please others dampens your desire to please me, your creator. It is much more real to see yourself through my eyes. My gaze upon you is steady and sure, untainted by sin. Through my eyes, you can see yourself as one who is deeply, eternally loved. Rest in my loving gaze and you will receive deep peace. Respond to my loving presence by worshiping me in spirit and in truth. That comes from um, Hebrews 11.6 and John 4.23 and 24. And um, this is, this is kind of where I'm going to close, but I'm, I'm going to say, you know what? Every time you get a chance, crawl up in his lap. Sit down with him. Talk to him. Put it at his feet. Um, and remember that no matter what anyone says, he does. He sees you as perfect. And that is, um, that is a piece that I have with me always. Um, even though sometimes I don't see myself as perfect, he does. And I love his love for me. So there you go. Thanks for letting me talk today. And um, 
uh, I do appreciate it. So I'm going to turn it over. And I guess we're going to, we're going to, we'll, we'll just kind of break in prayer. Um, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your love for us. We, we thank you so much for your vision of us. We thank you for um, having, uh, having, an, having open arms for us all the time. I would just ask that you would, that you would prompt each person here to put more things at your feet, to sit in your lap and just talk to you about whatever is going on in, in, your, in their lives, that you would just um, continue to grow in every person's heart, you know, every person's heart here, and just draw them closer to you each day um, and uh, help us get out of the way. Help us just... Um, uh, let you do what you can do through us, and we thank you for each and everything that you provide for us, which is everything. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.